A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, today we have the one and only verse in all of Holy Scripture that the world appreciates. Judge not. How frequently that verse is quoted, and quoted by those who particularly hate both Christ and his church. It might well be good advice that the next time someone quotes Christ and quotes judge not to you, that you respond by saying, and who is Christ to you? Because if they say nothing and no one, then you are not dealing with a follower of Christ or with one sympathetic to him, nor are you dealing with one who is neutral. You're dealing with a son of the devil. What then does this mean? Judge not. Well, it always helps us to look at context, and here is no different. In the verse immediately preceding, Jesus says, be merciful as your Father is merciful. Be merciful in the same way that your Father is merciful. Not less merciful, which is obviously the context into which Jesus is speaking, where the Pharisees are everywhere being less merciful than God, excluding Pharisees and tax collectors from the kingdom of God. But in our own time, how different the context is, not largely one of legalism, but largely one of lawlessness. Thus, we are also called to be merciful in such a way that we affirm sin, that we affirm sinful lifestyles. But that is not to be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. So it goes back to identifying precisely what our Father's mercy is and to emulate that mercy no more, no less. All then flows from this. If we judge in the way that he judges, if we condemn in the way that he condemns, if we forgive in the way that he forgives, if we give in the way that he gives, then like father, like son, we are conformed into the image of the one true God. That is precisely the goal. If it is you who is judging in your own subjective manner, this is forbidden. You are not to judge nor to condemn. Rather, let God be God. Let him be the one who judges. Let him be the one who condemns. And you simply speak the truth and speak it in love. Jesus goes on to teach a parable that illustrates these things. Now, if you were standing at the brink of the Grand Canyon, someone said, I'm going to put a blindfold on you, and I'm going to lead you along the edge. Would you do it? How about if they said, as soon as I put the blindfold on you, I'm going to put one on me, 
and then lead you around the edge. Of course you wouldn't. Neither then should we, by nature, consider ourselves as anything other than blind judges, bad judges. And if we would follow anyone else, we would simply be following a bad and blind judge. There is only one true judge, one true teacher, and one who is worthy of following. And that is precisely Christ our Lord. That's why he says next, a disciple is not above his teacher. We cannot condemn what he permits, legalism. We cannot accommodate and bless what he forbids and condemns, lawlessness. We are not above the teacher, but rather, as we become fully trained, we will be like our teacher. What comes next is a matter of logs and specks. And of course, in Jesus' context, he's dealing with the Pharisees. We, in our time, largely with the lawless. But notice what he says. Notice the diagnostic question. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? It is universally true, is it not, that it's far easier to see sins in other people? Why is that, Jesus asks. And the answer is that, of course, we are thoroughly corrupted by sin and its effects. So that we are, by nature, bad judges, biased judges. We can see the unrighteousness in others, but not in ourselves. Again, the call to be conformed to Christ and the call to be repentant. That's precisely what follows next in his parable. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye, you hypocrite? First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. So against the legalism of the Pharisees, he says, you go charging in against the tax collectors and sinners, looking at the speck in their eye, but not noticing the log in your own. But of course, in our day and age, this has been perverted into simply the opposite error. Well, leave the speck in your brother's eye and leave the log in your own. There's nothing you can do about it. But that is likewise contradictory to Jesus' words. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. How do you remove that log from your own eye? In repentance before the Lord, an acknowledgement and confession of your sin rather than defense of it. You confess your sins, you recognize that it is the mercy of God the Father, or it is hell. Those are our only options. And humbled in heart with the log removed from your eye, you are then equipped to help your brother with the speck that is in his. To be merciful in the way that God is merciful, to judge 
and condemn in the way that God himself judges and condemns, no more, no less, but also to forgive as God forgives and to give generously as God gives generously, knowing that the measure with which you use to give will be measured back to you. At the heart and center of this entire teaching of Jesus, so we would recognize that in the fall, we have become bad at judging. And what he has come to do is to teach and to train us as his disciples to be as he is, to see as he sees, and to live within that fatherly mercy that we all as Christians know. To be merciful as the Father is merciful. How is the Father merciful? As any parent will tell you, a parent would rather die a thousand deaths than see any harm come to his child whatsoever. The Father, in giving his own beloved Son, gives something even greater than if he were to give himself. And our Lord Jesus gives himself and does so willingly out of pure love for you. He takes the sins that weigh down your conscience. He takes those things that make you wonder if you'll in fact end up in heaven or not. He takes those things upon himself and he puts them away forever. That's the mercy of Jesus. And the mercy of the Father is that he gives his own beloved Son. For we who have been his enemies and for we who all often still, on account of our sinful nature, act as though we were his enemies. By the blood of Jesus, he makes you clean. He cleanses you of every spot and stain and presents you as holy and precious in his sight. So in order to be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful, you first have to receive that mercy. You have to believe it. You have to let God be God. You can't say, no, I'm unworthy, or no, I don't need that. That's putting yourself on the throne and God at your feet. Let God be God. His mercy is yours. His forgiveness is yours. His graciousness is yours. And these present sufferings that we endure are not worthy to be compared to that glory which he will reveal to us in the day that is to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.